scab for the bosses don't listen to their lies as poor folks haven't got a chance lest we organize hi i'm phoebe oh i thought i was phoebe oh shit oh i messed up the podcast already i'm actually taylor guys (laughs) we switched bodies freaky friday style No, just kidding. I'm I'm Taylor. And this is Remarks, a conversation-style podcast where Taylor and I are going to talk about uh, company towns, examples of innovation zones in the past that have failed miserably in our country, and <laughs> spicy times here, the LDS corporate conglomerate. Ooh, ow, ow. While still trying to maintain our sanity somehow. Taylor, why don't you take it away? All right. So, yes, as my... Impeccable co-host said. Oh we're gonna my be, god. <laughs> we're going to be diving into some history here, which is personally one of my favorite things to learn about and be like, this was kind of fucked up back then. Probably going to be pretty fucked up now, too. Um, <laughs> as we tend to go in circles. As it, it happens. But yes, yeah, so company towns, um, familiar, you know, made famous by uh, that Dolly Parton song, Company Store. You might have, you may have heard of it. Um, Queen Dolly. <laughs> Queen Dolly, <laughs> the only rich person we don't want to eat. <laughs> but um, company towns were basically when a it wasn't necessarily always mining companies. Um, there'll be a few examples of non-mining companies, but a lot of the most famous ones were mining companies that would obviously go to where a mine was, and they would set up a town around the mine that the workers would live at being that they kind of controlled this entire area the company town would set up company stores for the workers to shop at Mm -hmm. they would set up um you know education uh utilities it was more primitive back then of course back in like the early 1900s but things like things along those lines sounds um, familiar, like something we talked about last week. Just like last week, but one thing that we kind of touched on a little bit last week was the difficulties of unionizing mm-hmm. for um, difficulties of unionizing for somebody who works in a company town or an innovation zone, and how difficult it would be because the company literally controls everything you do, has mm-hmm. monitoring all these things. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to the Paint Creek strikes, which oh, were the strikes strikes from miners back in 1912 due to incredibly long hours, working nearly an entire day, you know, dust to dawn, um, terrible pay and crippling company store costs. You know, if you if the company controls the store they can charge mm-hmm. however much because what a minor the miners aren't going to be able to go and shop somewhere else and even if they could a lot of company towns would use script kind of what we were talking about last time they wow. would create their own currency that could only be used at the company store <laughs> and they were like this is fine right because you're going to go buy there anyway exactly so it's like, just like the um stable coin i mean it's almost like word for word yeah it's almost the exact same thing oh my god it's hilarious because on the website for innovation zones on innovationzonefacts.com on their faq there was a section that was like are innovation zones company towns? 
no, of course they're not. And then here we are learning <laughs> from like, Taylor. Oh, wow, it's the same Pretty thing. much it, it is. I know. I remember because you sent me that and I was like, that sounds a lot like what somebody who was a company <laughs> town would say. <laughs> of course we're not. We're not company queen. towns. Yeah, and there were... So, like, in uh, the specific one, the Paint Creek strikes, which I were in West Virginia, basically these miners went on strike, were like, fuck this shit, y'all are garbage, and <laughs> basically, and uh, the, the workers, miners union, miners working union, brought in, uh, basically set up this camp outside of the outside of the uh, mining town and was mm-hmm. like, all the miners can stay here. We're going to provide like food, shelter, all the things you need while you're on strike. And we're going to try to negotiate better wages. Mm-hmm. The company, I, I'm blanking on the name right now, but the company who ran the mine hired um, what is ostensibly a militia group. Wow. And they, there's one story of them driving through the union camp and like shooting the miners. Like, oh my god! Shooting them, like, yeah, it's insane. Um, Case in point, why these corporation-owned innovation zones having their own police force is a horrible fucking <laughs> terrible idea. idea. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so I mean, really. And there's more you, we can kind of dive into this, mm. or somebody could if you're interested. But look up like the mining wars of like 1912 mm-hmm. to um, like 1921 or so, because there's it's case in case again. Like the shootout happens, the government's like you know the the actual government of the area is like ah fuck what do we do, <laughs> uh, you know this mining company is like half of our economic you know income like and everybody's we, being killed and everybody, everybody's being killed and now the miners aren't working so it's like what the fuck and you know and not to say that miners because like you know the whole idea of like a scab would scabs would come in to like replace the miners while they mm-hmm. were on strike and like miners would harass the scabs but also solidarity what the exactly fuck, you know? <laughs> stand with stand with the other miners but yeah, and it, it got to the point. That's where, like, Mother Jones, that's, like, a big news outlet. I don't mm. know if you ever read there. Mother Jones was, like, this big activist who was, like, at these riots. Or oh, at wow. these the strike. So that's where, like, that's why her name, I believe, is used for this, like, popular, like, kind of progressive, independent, like, uh, news outlet that mm-hmm. I do a lot of reading on. Get a lot of resources from them. But um, one thing that... I want to touch on briefly, and it's definitely a, a little bit in the darker realm of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so content warning, probably. Con- yeah, let's we'll put a content warning warning for rape right here. Um, there was uh, something that happened called the ESAO system, and basically, what would happen is if a family, if the husband and the sons got injured and couldn't work in the mines or you know if they didn't have any sons or whatever the the deal was mm-hmm. um they would list or they would enlist this thing called esau script which was kind of like a special kind of currency and the way it basically worked it was the woman it would it would only be issued to women and they would get a loan for whatever this was and the loan had to be basically paid back in 30 days and so if the husband could 
start working in 30 days, it would be erased. Like, mm. they, they would erase the loan. But right. if the husband couldn't, then the loan had to be paid back on that 30-day mark. And mm-hmm. they wouldn't have, like, any... There, I mean, they, and then if you didn't, then it was just like this ongoing debt that you'd have to pay. And they, I didn't read anything about interest, but I'm sure they would, you know, charge you more and more. Right. But, um, as they are apt to do. What kind of became the culture around that time is to get food or to get forgiveness for one of these ESAL loans during this time when a husband wasn't able to work or sons weren't able to work is women would be would have to offer themselves up to the guards of the location to Jesus Christ oh yeah it's uh it's so gross to talk about but it's important that people know yeah that that they would they were raped by the guards and that was just kind of how it worked and everybody knew it Mm. I think there may have been a lot of the men in the community, the minor men that didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. But, you know. But these women was, essentially had no choice. It was that or, you know, your husband and son and probably yourself starve. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's it's not to say that, you know, and it's not to say that people who willingly do sex work are in the wrong at all or no. that that's rape. But this scenario, being forced to go to do this... Because you have to eat. And, yeah, the you know, alternative and, is die. Yeah, that's absolutely rape. I would, I would say. Yes, because a company has a hold over you on this debt that you have to pay, so you have literally no choice but to use this other form of essentially currency that they'll accept mm-hmm. in order for your family to survive. Yeah. Which is just, I mean. That right there is like a clear example of how dark and fucked up these things can get when you when things like this happen and when these takeovers happen and you're just owing money lifelong to this corporation like there's other avenues that you find out that are easier to get than money in order to, like, repay these debts. And it's just this, like, never-ending cycle. You can see the dangers of this sort of structure. No, absolutely. And the... And, I mean, I can't imagine that the company, like, the high-ups at the company, the corporate men, like... Sure. Didn't know this was happening. Like, I... Right. They absolutely knew what was going on, mm-hmm. but they don't care. Right. The long... And, if anything, it's, like... Probably, I mean, for them, because it's like, yeah, okay, we're going to, you know, the guards and whoever it is are going to forgive this debt or you're going to get the food for doing this. Mm -hmm. And then your husband will get better and he'll keep working for us and making us money. Exactly. You're in debt. Either way, you're basically in debt to this company because it's either monetary debt or the debt of they know, like, what you've done kind of thing yeah they have this hold over you now in any in all types of ways oh absolutely and it's, yeah it it's gross and it's just another example of how i mean in a capitalist society literally the rules of that are make as much money as possible that's yep. how our society is set up yep and whether we want to believe it or not 
that does include regarding like um or that does include uh casting aside the humanity of anybody that gets in the way of making money exactly exactly because small tangent town but i mean there's literally no way under capitalism or i mean I think almost in any system to make the money that these like CEOs and owners of these corporations have that isn't hurting somebody else. When you are making so much money that you will literally never even spend it in your lifetime, it's because you are actively like taking that money away from somebody else. You would never, ever, ever be able to run a company and make that much money unless you are, for instance, not providing good benefits to your employees because that's going to cost you a chunk of the money. So you take out that chunk of money by not providing good health insurance or whatever it is to your employees. And that goes into your pocket. You wouldn't be making that chunk of money if you were actually just treating your employees well, or you're forcing them to work all day long shifts. And that's how you're making that much money. Like there's, there's no ethical way to Mm -hmm. make that amount of money. Yeah. Convenience always comes at the cost of someone else's convenience, I guess. Right, right. Whether it's, you know, your two-day shipping Amazon coming Mm -hmm. at the cost of of, uh, factory workers being able to use the bathroom. Right. Or it's, you know, getting... uh, uh, You know, it's trickle-down economics. So, yeah, it's like, you know, the, the benefits of, you know... Yeah, you're, you know, this CEO is going to make more money, mm-hmm. but other people are going to die, right? Right. And yeah, it might make their product cheaper for the consumer, but the workers are now going to die. Right. Like, or... Because even on, oof, we're getting real tangy over here. <laughs> okay. But even on, like, the level underneath, for lack of a better word, like, you know, you have the CEO of Amazon, and then you have the Amazon workers who work in the factories that Mm -hmm. we see that are like the Amazon warehouses that exist Mm -hmm. here um, and the drivers that we see driving around. But then there's even that level underneath that that is the people creating these products that's usually outsourced to these other countries that are paid even way fucking worse than the workers that we know are being paid and the conditions are 10,000 times worse than the conditions in the warehouses that we already know about that's already horrible like it's just it's a trickle down effect of life just get just gets fucking shittier for whoever is like the next level down like whoever's packaging that product whoever's Mm -hmm. beneath them creating that product is never gets to go to the bathroom like you know it's just Oof. Okay. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right, and that's I mean that's gonna be a whole another episode. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> that that whole system and Walmart, for instance, oh my forcing God. companies to move overseas and use cheaper labor. Like, yep. Yeah. Anyway, back on topic here. Moving to, back to uh, <laughs> uh, Pullman, Illinois. There was a automobile factory uh, had a company town as well. Um, there was a economic panic in 1893 that lowered that caused the company to lower the wages of the workers to you know cut costs Mm. but um they didn't lower the rent of the houses the company provided homes for the work that the workers were living in which is partially twofold and it gets a little bit a, a little confusing in the reading but part of it was 
that they just didn't want to, you know, they wanted to make more money off of the workers. Right. Uh, another part of it was this thing called paternalism, which is really interesting. And I feel like you might have some, some spicy takes on oh God, this. Oh, God, okay. But it was basic, the definition is basically forcing a middle-class value system on working-class individuals. So they were basically saying, like, you need to, whether it's out of, like, religious obligation, like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have, like, you know, um, casinos and bars in there. Or whether it's, like, uh. you need to, you know, or whether it's, like, a we want to boost you up to the higher class. So we're going to like have these, you know, these middle class homes that you can live in Mm. middle class for the time, you know, um, to bring you up out of the, the working class. Right. To kind of like paint this facade, but then exactly. But then when they cut wages, they were paying them working class wages while still holding to this like paternalism of like, Mm. you need to, have a higher sense of like value like a higher value system right which is like not only classist (laughs) but i mean it very much could fit into just american racism in general of being like white picket fence you have to have the same value system as us that's i was literally going to say white picket fence that whole like (laughs) it's this it's like you have this white picket fence, but then the wind blows it over and it's actually just made of cardboard. Like, <laughs> everything, you force people into looking this certain way, but you don't actually provide any of the resources to give them that kind of life. But they're still forced to, like, assimilate. And, I mean, I think we're kind of seeing that in just, in general, like, wages being cut, or not even, I mean, some wages being cut, but just the the minimum wage not increasing at all over like Mm -hmm. an exorbitant amount of years but like property rates going up and rent going up and the cost of living just in general going up and then you know poverty being criminalized and homelessness being criminalized and looking like you are not in a certain tax bracket is being criminalized however nobody's making enough fucking money to be able to like keep that up like there's all there's all these luxury apartments going up but none of us can fucking actually afford to live (laughs) in any of them because we're not being paid enough yeah it's i mean (laughs) yeah every time i see a new luxury (gasps) apartment i'm like hell yeah three thousand dollars a month i can't afford (laughs) that Four walls that like you sneeze and your neighbor can hear you True, and just, like, slightly updated appliances, and that, Mm -hmm. like, then they just stamp luxury on it. Yup. Yup. Oh my god, I'm so glad that, like, my dishwasher is stainless steel. (laughs) And the shitty thing about it, too, is this wasn't just, like, the company. It was the company, but the government, they sent in, you know, when all of this was happening, and the workers went on strike for these reasons government sent in like a a third party investigator to kind of see what was going on Mm -hmm. you know against the strikers and the and the company and the government was like well paternalism is cool but uh (laughs) we should probably have a middleman that would um communicate or mediate for workers in the company and so it's like yeah you should definitely have somebody who probably communicates between workers in the company so it's not you know insane 
But also, you're supporting the same fucking paternalism yeah. of our picket fence lifestyle. Don't be one of those lowly, exactly. working class exactly. people. <laughs> it's like we were saying um, uh, on our first episode where there's a certain point um, where the government is not calling out these things or not working against these things because it's benefiting the system of the United States. So mm -hmm. they're not going to fight against it because it funnels right into exactly what they, how they want things to be. Exactly. Cause they all make money. The politicians make money mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. either oppressing a group or supporting a corporation. Right. Just whatever right. the fuck it is. Like, Just like the governor of Nevada is being given money by blockchains so that he chooses to do these innovation zones. Like classic, <laughs> classic lobbying we love it uh, but yeah those are that kind of wraps up my research on the company towns mm -hmm. there was one more town i wanted to talk about to end it on a little <laughs> bit of a lighter note since it got a little dark there um and that would be celebration which as you may know is the walt disney town <laughs> <laughs> and oh, oh my god, god it's more this one isn't even, like, necessarily, like, a crimes against humanity co corporation. <laughs> it's just, like, really weird, and I just thought I, wa I just wanted to, like, talk about it. Disney in general just <laughs> gives me, like, really <clears throat> eerie vibes anyway, so... Oh, absolutely. Yikes. <laughs> um, so, in 1996, when Disney was... I, I think they opened Disney World around that time. They also set, uh, created a town called Celebration. It was outside of uh, Disneyland mm -hmm. and or Disney World. Disney sorry. World. It's in Florida. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's the world. That's that's the world, and it was kind of like advertised as this like perfect place, right? Like old American values, oh. the white picket fence again, right? Exactly. Like the through line, like that's what they. Mm. But see, they also advertised it in a way that was like oh look at all the diversity and they actually set it up to where there would be like different housing prices like even though all of the houses nearly looked the same because right. it was this weird yeah. stepford wives I mean, town disney owned yeah but they were like going to set it up where like the housing were different prices so that like anybody could afford the houses so they were going to mm. be like this is it's going to be this diverse community, and they, like, advertise it as that, and... <laughs> the Mickey houses are only exactly. 100,000. <laughs> the Pluto houses are 300,000. Yeah, so, and it but, and then what basically happened is they still, when they started going on the market, they were still 20% um, above the U.S. average for houses. Oh, my God. So, it was, I mean, if you were going to live there, it was, like, a... It was like a decision to pay more. Right. So it ended up being 80% white because... Of course. Of course it was. It's already <laughs> in a different, like, class. Exactly. In Ugh. 1996. And, you know, there's a whole episode to be had on classism and oh, racism man. and how yeah. they're tied together. But mm -hmm. um, systematic racism. But uh, also, when everybody was started to move in... Um, there was, like, a bunch of weird rules and regulations, and one of the rules was that you had to have a Mickey, like, a Mickey Mouse head hidden on your property somewhere. Oh, my God. 
and I, and from the article I read is people were like weirdly serious about this rule. Like if you didn't, like you were gonna get some looks. Like it was gonna like. be like public shaming of you, <laughs> which again is just kind of more of like a cult thing than like yeah. a innovation zone thing. But yeah, Disney does have a little bit of a the cult of Disney cult feelings to it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> very much so. But then again, on more of a uh, innovation zone type beat, uh, <laughs> the because Disney wanted to set up the houses so fast, so they could get people living there, mm-hmm. and um, they had such like strict building codes because again they had to have this like perfect looking community. Yep. Most of the buildings were dodgy and had like leaks and like all yeah, these problems. Of course. So most people didn't want to live in them, <laughs> and then. Also, the schools that they had there were, like, they they had, like, classrooms up to 80 kids in them. And, oh like, it was, like, mixed, mixed grades, too. So it was, like, kind of like an old, like, I think of, like, a Wild Wild West yeah. school where there's, like, all these grades. Like, Abraham Lincoln kind of shit. Like, <laughs> well, and I already thought, like, when I went to public school, there was, like, 30 kids in my class. And that was not fucking handleable at all. <laughs> By one person? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, shit like that. And... So, like, everybody was weirded out by the school, too. So they were like, Mm. well, maybe we, like, shouldn't live here. Have a Mickey education. Yeah. And I think Kids go to, like, Mouseketeer Academy. (laughs) Mouseketeer. And I just think it goes back to, like, how you shouldn't allow a corporation to run public services, like schools or building infrastructure or weird regulations for a town yeah well because then they just have a monopoly on everything and so like like we were saying you know the education is going to be completely pro this corporation and educate you only on the things that they choose to be Mm -hmm. important which we already know that like our history education is obviously very like edited but it would be even more so edited to be like this is exactly the right choice to make. And, you know, and then with, like, the buildings, they want to get shit built just as quick as they possibly can to get people living in there, or they basically make people have no choice, not so much with Celebration Town, but, like, with these mining towns Mm -hmm. um, or the innovation zones, like, they basically give people no choice but to live there, and then the property is shit, and then you live in a terrible house, but you don't have any choice but to live there. And you don't own the house, either. The company owns the house. Yeah. So it's like... There's no opportunity for you to own that house. And I don't necessarily know if that's how it would be in the innovation zone, mm-hmm. but eventually it could be. And that's mm-hmm. how it was with company towns. Like, you didn't own where you lived, so they could kick you out whenever. Mm-hmm. If they thought you were going to start a union, if you were just talking about starting a union, you were donezos. They're going to kick you out, and you're probably going to starve. Right. So, sucks. Right. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, just a lot of weird shit. Um I believe that Disney no longer owns the <laughs> land or part of it. Um, there was, like, some other things that went on. Like, I, there was, like, a murder and a suicide that happened there. But, like... Oh, my God. And that's just, like, regular town shit. You know? True. Like, I mean, that's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen. But it just, like, I guess shattered this, like, perfect picture-perfect yeah, world. The yeah. paternalism, if you will, of the Disney celebration <laughs> town. 
Yeah, Disney definitely has, like, a very, um... They like to keep things looking mm-hmm. a certain way and only having it look that certain way. And they had speakers in the trees, I'm remembering now. They like and they play music around the entire town. No! <laughs> in Celebration Town? In Celebration Town. Oh my town. god, that's like straight out of Big Brother. It's It's just Walt Disney speeches <laughs> 24/7. It's insane and I mean, I guess I'm not surprised like they were trying to make it into like what it's you know what you feel like when you walk around disneyland i guess i don't know but i mean that's only fun for like i mean depending on who you are that's only fun for like a day and if you're not like the stressed out parents who are trying to keep their kids fucking happy honestly and you know it's like yeah this is great until you your child is in an 80 room class 80 kid classroom and your house is leaking and (laughs) and you can't find a mickey head to put on your property (laughs) where's the fucking mickey Mickey head but yeah so that's uh my history a little bit of uh history on wow company towns and another bonus weird walt disney town yeah and just a perfect example of like a structure that's eerily similar to innovation towns and innovation towns Innovation yeah, yeah. zones and Freudian like slip, if you will, <laughs> and like why it's pretty much a horrible fucking idea. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna get into my uh, jalapeno level <laughs> talk here. Jalapeno um, spice level talk. <laughs> so we live in the state of Utah, and um, I'm sure everybody knows right away that. Uh, the LDS Church has a very large hold over the state of Utah, and I'm just going to basically get into, like, LDS corporations and the amount of things that they own and run and control, and, yeah. I've actually never heard of the LDS Church, so... Oh, Taylor, boy, (laughs) do I have some news for you. Yeah, um, and just going to try to go about it in a way that is protecting myself (laughs) um yeah and this is not to say that i think members of the mormon church are horrible i think that i know members of the mormon church who i care about very deeply it is just this is purely talking about the corporate corporate conglomeration that's like the corporation that is the lds church basically this is not about specific right. members so okay like we hate amazon there but you not go. the workers exactly <laughs> okay so um the largest corporation in the mormon business empire is called deseret management co or dmc um they make over 1.2 billion yearly uh they basically are like the umbrella over the different companies within the church um that are tax paying i'll get to how like the certain taxes of the lds church works in a little bit because there is some sneaky stuff with that (laughs) did you say 1.2 billion 1.2 billion yearly yep oh my god and that's just with dmc that's so much money oh just you wait. There's <laughs> okay. a lot of money that um, the LDS Corporation is, like, sitting on. 
Um, so the board of directors of the DMC is made up of the church's first presidency, the quorum of the twelve, and the presiding bishopric of the church. I can't, like, get into... It would just be way too long of a discussion for me to, like, sit and explain, like, what the church presidency is, what the quorum of the twelve... Quorum of the twelve is, and what the bishopric is. It's too much to explain. Basically, these are really high ups in the church. Um... And, yeah, that's who is the board of directors of the Deseret Management Company, which, again, like, goes back to the innovation zones where they're having, like, three people from the corporation be the leaders of this um, zone, basically. Yeah, government. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just the board of directors for the company, we are yes. going to go into how it, like, ties into the right. government. Yeah, because, so, basically, yeah, it's it's these high-ups in the church are also the leaders of this company. Um, and, yeah, how that kind of ties into, like, controlling the government is, basically, so the LDS church owns a massive amount of things specifically almost the entire state of utah i mean there is like an insane amount of they have like their own hospitals they have um they have their um university brigham young university they've got their own mall they've got their own like thrift stores they have their own i mean so many things and um so another um mormon company or momo co is ag reserve <laughs> which owns about a million acres of farmland in the united states alone a million wow. acres of farmland. A million acres of farmland. In the United States. I can't even fathom how much land, like, a million acres yeah. of land is. I can't even, like, an acre, I feel like, is big. Yes. Like. Well, and because what, the innovation zones were wanting, what was it? Five, or 50,000 yeah, acres. Yeah, 50,000 acres. And, and this is a million, million acres. Holy fuck. Of farmland. <laughs> so, yeah. This and, is a church owning farmland. So, not uh, only in the United States, but they also have land farmland in England, Canada, Australia, Argentina, and Brazil. They produce beef, dairy, almonds, pistachios, walnuts, pecans, olives, citrus, corn, wheat, alfalfa, carrots, peas, and onions. Gee. I was kind of hoping you'd say coffee. Because I thought <laughs> that that'd would be, be really fucking ironic. Funny. But... <laughs> I'm sure that's actually like... I'm sure that's a big thing within that, like specifically in Brazil, where it's like they want to get their claws into the coffee, but they just can't they just because can't. it's going like... to go against everything that they've like <laughs> led people to believe that they're all about. Um, yeah, so this church owns this huge amount of farms that is producing like, you know, already industry behemoths that like make a shit ton of money like every so many people use beef so many people use dairy um and it's owned by this church 
There is something called Deseret Ranches that's part of their cattle division of Ag Reserves, and it's like in the Orlando region, and it's literally seen as critical to Orlando's water supply. Wow. Which, like, reminded me of, um, with the innovation zones, like, they had their own water systems, um, and it just... It's like, you know, if Orlando all of a sudden decided we don't want to be involved with the LDS Church Corporation anymore, they could easily just cut off their water supply. I mean, it's literally, it's critical to Orlando's water, which it just makes me think of the same thing with these innovation zones. Like, they have, they control the water. You know, a corporation should not control water, which I mean, mm, it's a whole other episode of... America and fucking the issues with water here. Um, But yeah, and it just, it makes me think like, this is just a great way, more so with um, the innovation zones, but also this a little bit is like, water is such an easy way to control people and an easy way to control like those more rural areas as well, because they only have like so many choices for where they're receiving services from specifically water and water is already such like a weird monopoly type yeah. in America. like Ugh. you can't pick your water provider you know mm-hmm. so it's like and then on top of that your employer is going to now have your water or your church is going to control your water like exactly just seems very conflict of interest <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Um, Yeah, so they have, like, dozens of different subsidiaries with names um, in reference to their land ownership. They have, like, all these subsidiaries that have no visible link to the church at all. Yeah, it's like, okay, is is it, like, weird, like, uh, just, like, random names of, like a company basically or like a yeah yeah like they just it's like you know it'll be kind of in like the fine print that this thing is associated with the LDS church but it's like it's really really difficult to trace back that it's um involved with the church weird yeah (laughs) here in Salt Lake there is the City Creek Mall that's like uh how many years has it been around now? When did that come around? I don't I even know. Remember. I feel like I was in like middle school. Yeah. <laughs> or something. So City Creek Mall is basically like a capitalist's wet dream. Um, it is this amazing fancy new mall that is owned by the LDS Church that was built downtown pretty much to kind of I mean, as these corporations always put it, like, rescue the downtown area because the old mall there, um, the Gateway Mall, was kind of starting to, like, fall off a little bit. And then, I mean, we just have a horrible homelessness issue here. And so they had this great idea of let's build this really fancy, expensive mall um, that has, like, a creek running through the middle of it with fish swimming around anyway um but they have a rolex store tiffany michael kors and a porsche store which is like a douchebag's dream um (laughs) they literally sell 
like Porsche merchandise, Porsche hats, and Porsche shirts and shit that you can wear while you're driving around I love, in Porsche. I love the juxtaposition too of like, yeah, we have a, a really big homeless issue, and this religious organization opened a mall so they could make money. Uh huh. <laughs> like that's how we'll fix that's, it. That's what religious organizations are supposed to do, right? Jesus said that he was like, <laughs> make a lot of money and uh, don't care about people. Jesus said, "Thou shalt." close your eyes when there's a homeless person walking down the street and instead walk into this really fancy mall. (laughs) Um, And going into a little bit how, like, the LDS church has kind of taken over the structure of Utah. So this mall um, is not open on Sundays. They have an enforced dress code and... This is um, a piece of the dress code from the literal City Creek Center website, Code of Conduct. They say you cannot wear clothing that is, or in a manner that is, obscene, offensive to others, that may provoke a disturbance, or is otherwise inconsistent with a first-class, family-oriented shopping center. So, I mean... That literally echoes kind of what you were saying with the Disney Celebration Town. They are trying to enforce a first-class look within this mall. Which, I mean, when you are inside the doors of City Creek, you do not see a single, like, unhoused person. Um, I have heard stories where people have been escorted out for wearing um, clothes that the church deems immodest, which is basically like any shorts or skirts like above your knees. I mean, I think there's a pass to a certain extent there, but like short shorts, not cool. Um, Certain styles of like tank top and low cut shirt, not cool. Um, I've heard stories of that, that people have been escorted out of the mall for not having clothes that they deem appropriate which is so wild i don't know and it's so weird too because it is that like i guess that juxtaposition of like we want you to spend money here Mm -hmm. but you have to look the right way to spend money here like but also get out if you don't look the way we want you to and that's almost like more dangerous in a way Yes and no, I guess, because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, capitalism and capitalists are, like, just motivated by making money, but it's, like, when you're motivated by making money and you also have this weird belief system that, like, the perfect nuclear family, mm-hmm. no gays allowed, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, I don't know, it just, it's, like, kind of worse in a way, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, and so it's like they have they have that code of conduct, and then, so it, when you're in the mall, you're seeing this vision of, I guess, what they would want Utah and Salt Lake to look like, but then literally as soon as you step out of the area that is the mall, you're seeing the truth of what this state is facing which is, like, this insane homelessness issue, and there's people sitting literally, like, right outside, but if they try to come into the mall at all, they're, they're escorted out immediately. Yeah, like, they, they're, they're not gonna let, I mean, at some, you know, I guess it, I guess it depends on 
the t- the timing, but like they don't want, and they I, I just feel like they don't want you to see like they want to sweep the actual issues that our city's having under the rug exactly because they want to present like everything is picture perfect and we're this this wholesome religious state that exactly. nothing ever exactly. you know, bad things never happen here like, because that's kind of the whole I think vision that serves the church and that they want to portray. Also, by the way, for those of you that don't know, um, a way that I think everybody's just kind of come to address LDS here is we just say the church a lot, um, which, you know, I also have feelings about that. Good (laughs) point. Yeah. yeah, So if you hear me saying the the church, church, I mean specifically the LDS church. Um, yeah, so this mall is not open on Sundays, um, like a lot of things in Utah. A lot of -of out-of-staters will come here and be like, why the fuck is there nothing that I can do on a Sunday? (laughs) Also, I can't buy any alcohol on a Sunday. Um, liquor stores are closed on Sundays. You cannot get any liquor on Sundays. Um, please give me a non-religious reason why that (laughs) is happening um you also cannot get any liquor or wine in grocery stores you can only get beer or like seltzers and utah actually just barely started having 4.0 beers available in grocery stores as of 2019 there was like a huge thing that happened when that passed and we could finally have full point beers um (laughs) where Budweiser literally came to the city and, like, they brought the Clydesdales and everything and, like, had a parade through the city because we finally fucking caught up with the rest of the (laughs) United States. And that exists solely because of the LDS church and its hold on this state. Um, I could go into it more. It, it, It would be a really long discussion. But basically, Utah was founded by the Mormons. Um... And then, you know, over time, obviously, it's it's a state now, but that foundation kind of never really went away. And so there's so many ways that the LDS Church is still kind of controlling the state of Utah and turning it into what they want it to be, um, even though there is supposed to be this separation of church and state. There's so many ways that... Um, there isn't separation of church and state. There's also something known as the Zion Curtain. Have you ever heard of that, Taylor? Yeah, it's in restaurants. They have to have um, this, like, window, this foggy window, or this little piece of, like, something up, a curtain type thing up between the bar and the restaurant. This is in places that are specifically restaurants that serve alcohol. Um, yeah, they have to have some kind of blockage between the bar and the rest of the restaurant so that you don't see them making your drink because that, Mm -hmm. but only at restaurants, if it's a bar, if it's a organ, like a organization, that's a bar, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But if it's a restaurant that serves alcohol, then you got to have that. Got to have the Zion curtain. Because family values. Exactly. You cannot (laughs) have your child witness a cocktail being mixed because obviously their entire life will be ruined because of that. (laughs) 
Um, and just in case there's any confusion about what may or may not be a bar or a restaurant, don't worry, friends. There will be a sign on the front door indicating whether that establishment is a bar or a restaurant specifically. This is a law in the state of Utah. You have to declare whether your uh, establishment is specifically a bar. It doesn't matter if you serve food. If you are specifically licensed as a bar, you have to state that on your front door. Or if you are a restaurant that happens to serve alcohol, you have to say, this is a restaurant. One time I was at a uh, Chili's, because I (laughs) fuck with Chili's. But I was at a Chili's, and... (laughs) They, I like, I had ordered like a margarita and I stood up with it to like walk to another side of the table and they were like, you can't stand up with that. And I was like, I was like, oh, I'm just walking to like sit by that person that I was, that we were with. And they were like, you just can't stand up in a restaurant with alcohol. And I was like, is that a law? And they were like, yes. Yep. (laughs) And I was like, I'm sorry, but that's. Because, like, I don't know, you walk around a bar with your drink. Yeah. Like, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. It I doesn't. <laughs> there's there's so many things that just are totally nonsensical, but it's these little ways that they they still put these rules in place in order to control things because they have this specific, hmm, I'm like, how much do I want to say how I feel about this? They have a specific set up in the church that like it's very um modest is the word that they use so there's no alcohol you cannot drink alcohol if you're a member of the church they don't want you to drink coffee if you're a member of the church even though mm, like caffeinated sodas are fine but anyway we we um, don't quite know what's fine yeah there's, (laughs) there's basically rules within the doctrine of the church for the members of the church. That's fine. Lots of churches have doctrines rules, and rules that, that the members follow by. That's okay. The problem is that these rules affect the entire state. And, like, not only just at a level of there's a culture, but it's literal laws put in place that come directly from this church structure. Um, another thing um, is the education control, um, abstinence only sex ed, which I know happens in a lot of states and that's totally fine. Um, it's pretty intense here. However, obviously they don't even acknowledge that like gay sex is a thing at all. Um, they have their own, uh, like I said, BYU, um, and BYU has a whole code of conduct that is so 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 intense um for instance like the men are not allowed to have beards at all they have to be completely clean shaven um obviously the women have to dress modestly and that means like not showing your shoulders not showing above your knees etc um can't show your midriff no low-cut shirts um which again i know that other schools also owned by um religions also have rules like this i also have problems with those schools i don't really think that a religion should own a school but that's just me (laughs) um the problem is though that their code of conduct can be extremely um detrimental specifically to lgbtq students um there's been a lot of uproar over like the different 
things that the code of conduct has put in place against LGBTQ students. And um, that's a whole other conversation. However, um, it has greatly affected the state of Utah. In fact, when um, I believe it was in 2000, was it 2008 when they were trying to pass that Prop 8 thing? What, what I forget what was that one about um so that was the I believe the gay marriage um oh, yes thing. I do remember now yeah but pretty I much really like it was this it was against um same-sex marriage and it became known as like the Mormon bill because they really did not want same-sex marriage to pass. Anyway, um, so, yeah, and mm-hmm. um, that also, you could see this, going back to the City Creek Mall, um, I know I'm using this example a lot, but it's it's a great example because it's this already existing structure. Um This is something that I found on exmormon.org, so take from that what you will. Um, I I tried to find an existing news source to confirm this, but surprise, surprise, a lot of news in Utah is also owned by the LDS Corporation. So, hmm. Um, Basically, (laughs) the post says, My coworker told me that last week her daughter, who is gay, was walking through through the cults, their words, New mall, hand-in-hand with her girlfriend. The couple was approached by mall security and told they would have to leave the premises. Um, And basically, the security officer who told them to leave handed them a card that had the mall code of conduct printed on it um, and said they were in violation of rule number one, which is disorderly, intimidating, threatening, dangerous, or disruptive conduct of any nature, including but not limited to use of obscene or insulting language or gestures, loitering, running, yelling, fighting, throwing any objects, littering, etc um which i don't see how holding hands with your girlfriend is really in violation of that but obscene phoebe yeah oh right i forget being gay is completely (laughs) obscene um so yeah uh just the general like influence of the church on the state of utah and also the fact that like so many of high ups in the church are in these Um, very influential roles within the state really has like a huge effect on how the entire state is run. Um, So going back to their corporations, um, over the last 20 years, the total value of the church's assets has been estimated at 25 to $40 billion. Um, That mostly comes from real estate uh, and then it's also the church is estimated to receive about five to eight billion dollars annually in tax-free donations from members. Um, this comes from the tithing that members uh, pay. It's 10% of their entire income to the church um, in exchange for religious privileges like access to temple rituals baptisms etc um so this is kind of where they get away with having like tax-free 
things and mm-hmm. and evading taxes is this they are a church they receive donations um but they also have these corporations and money that goes through the church also is then funneled into these other corporations that own so much shit like i said over like a million, a million acres, acres of, of farmland yeah um so yeah um basically they have a huge monopoly over a lot of things you know as i said it's not just here in utah they have other um corporations existing in not just other states but other countries as well but it's seen at its highest level here in utah um just in the way that things are run here in this state yeah i find it interesting because like kind of what we've been talking about for a lot of these past two episodes are like you know, um, a corporation and how it's, you know, it inevitably will like mistreat its employees and its mm-hmm. workers, how it cares more about money than like its, its workers. And I think that the Mormon church is interesting because it's not like directly hurting like members of the, of the LDS church, but it's, you know, the other people who live in the state who are affected by these rules Right. Not necessarily some of the innocuous ones, like not being able to buy alcohol on Sundays or whatever, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, the anti-gay ones, the uh, anti-LGBTQ, I should say, um, anti-trans, you know, trans, huge transphobia problem. Yeah. You know, even like things like how the racist roots of the LDS church. Right, um, right. And I think, you know, it does kind of tie together with the Innovation Zones in that way because they control the narrative just like a... Exactly. Somebody or an Innovation Zone would. They Mm -hmm. have control over these things and can let in who they want and push out who they want and Mm -hmm. they control it all. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, they can perform these excommunications on any member that they see fit to perform an excommunication on and then you're losing you know everything that you know your whole family the structure of so many things like if you are like a devout member likely you want to go to BYU um likely you want to you know follow in these footsteps of what's been set out for you by the church and if you're excommunicated you lose your whole life plan um yeah and it i think it it can be similar to the innovation zones where you live and abide by this certain structure such as like you know, blockchains has created in these innovation zones. And then if that structure decides that you no longer are serving them and they can evict you whenever they want, um, you lose everything you know and everything you have. Um, 
yeah, and so it becomes really dangerous. Yeah, and especially because, like, as you're saying, like, the Mormon, the LDS church, like, affects the government a lot, but we, you know, definitely not us non-LDS folks, but even people who are LDS, they don't, like, elect people into, right. like, the president. I mean, I don't exactly know. I didn't yeah. do all the research, but... Like, they don't, they don't have elections. They don't, like, yeah. choose who's going to be there. So it's, like, these decisions that are affecting not only us as non-members, but the actual members mm-hmm. are being directly, like, influenced by people we don't have a say over who who it, that is that's influencing exactly, it. So exactly, exactly. So it's the same thing as, you know, not being able to vote in the innovation zones or having direct yeah. elections. Yeah, because in the Deseret Management Co., it's run by people who are these high up members of the church who like as we see and as we've talked about have a specific way of life that they want um to abide by and when you have a corporation that is run by people who already have their priorities values as they call it set a certain way that tends to ostracize certain groups of people and then they also are like ceos of this company that owns so much of the state of utah so much farmland all over um you know the united states and also other countries like it's dangerous i agree there was this uh I was going to tell this story. Um, Two of my brothers are adopted from Haiti. So, you know, the country that's next to the Dominican Republic. Um, And when they were adopted, we went and visited them at the orphanage, which was actually ran by the LDS church or received some kind of donation. It was like affiliated with them. And the LES Church, who, as you were saying, you know, on that one company alone makes $1.2 billion mm-hmm. in profits, revenue, ran this facility where they wouldn't let the little kids go up to the second floor because there weren't guardrails so they could just mm-hmm. fall off and die. Like, and, like, I, again, I, I'm not necessarily pro any religion, but, like, um, that's fucked up. Like, yeah. if you're trying to say that you're, like, loving and supposed to be, like, helping people. Yeah. <laughs> I think that just kind of puts a shining light on where the money goes, mm-hmm. right? It, it goes into things like this mall where people are spending thousands of dollars because there's these really high-end stores like Tiffany, Rolex, Etc. Anthropology. <laughs> anthropology. Fucking like anthropology. $200 coats in there. <laughs> it's not you, that that's that You much, leave anthropology alone. I like anthropology. <laughs> it's way overpriced. Um, yeah, like the, the money is being funneled into things where they're going to receive more money from. Like a mall. Like farming. Like... Um, you know, all kinds of things like that. Um, yeah, uh, where was my other note? <laughs> oh, right. Um, another thing. So, kind of on the subject of, like, 
people in need and where the money goes, the church will give money to members who are struggling or people who are struggling. Um, but in return, you have to attend church meetings. Um, very frequently. Uh, and yeah, it just kind of goes to show like how, how that system works. Um, they also have like a lot of rehabilitation programs here in, um, the state that, uh, yeah, are, are run by the church and you have to live by certain church expectations. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty good wrap up. I know it got pretty spicy. No, it's okay. With the Mormon talk. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say um, official stance of the pod. Uh, the Mormon tr- Mormon uh, LDS Church is kind of a cult. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think sorry, if we're gonna y'all. be true to who we are. <laughs> we might as well just like it's a little bit of a cult. Say honestly, I mean, you could argue that like all Any religions religion. are kind of cults in a way, and I mean the government's a cult. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we said, uh, you know, the cult of the United States. Yeah, exactly. It, it has a very cult-like structure, um, but yeah, it's just having members have to abide by certain things and i mean that's a whole conversation that we could really get into but yeah (laughs) oh we should because man am i fascinated by cults yeah like a halloween episode Ooh, (laughs) spooky cult episode episode but yeah um but yeah that's just basically my spiel on I mean, I have no escape because I live here, and so that's what I know, and I figured it's worth talking about because I live it every day. Um, Just seeing the influence of a church over an entire state, and then to see that not only is it just because it's a church, but it's also because there's a huge corporate backing to the whole thing. Um, Yeah, the dangers of capitalism, my friends. Friend of the pod, Brigham Young. (laughs) (laughs) Our good friend, Brig. (laughs) Brig. We go way fucking back. Way back. But no, I agree. I think, and I, yeah, it's so interesting because I didn't grow up LDS. Mm -hmm. Neither did I. Neither did you. So like, I don't know like the ins and outs of it as much as like some other people who live here or like ex LDS people. Mm Mm-hmm. So I always find it very interesting because it's very different than the religion I was raised in. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't have that insider's point of view, but I definitely, because this is where I mostly grew up, um, and it is so controlled by the church. I've done so much research into just how the LDS Church is run and all of the little things about it, and. Because it influenced my life so greatly. Um, So, uh, yeah. So, I I don't... I haven't been through the journey. I understand it's difficult. And I understand there are some people that are very... Feel very served by it. And that's okay. But I'm 
I'm speaking from my experience of somebody who has had to live under this mm, influence, basically. Um, and then also, you know, from hmm. resources, reliable online resources that told me the many statistics and facts reliable about resources. the money that came in. And that's really where where my, my issues lie, mostly. Yeah. You're very nice. I, I feel like you're very uh, <laughs> diplomatic about Listen, it. Listen, I'm not. I'm just trying to cover my ass. There's a lot more I could say. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, if you are an LDS person listening to this podcast, I would just like to know what brought you here. Yeah, let's And like, chat. why are you still let's here? Let's talk. Because I, I don't know that anything that we talk about is going to line up to... Yeah. Like, not going to just line up too well with what you believe, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But really, let's talk. Because <clears throat> I would love to. I'm curious, genuinely. <laughs> Come on the pod. Come on the pod. Let's have... <laughs> let's talk. Let's chat. For sure. No, I mean, that would be a, an interesting, like, conversation to have, I guess. Like, Definitely. And it's hard to, like, generalize any group of, like, people, you know? Yes. As you were saying, like, I've met LDS people who are lovely people. Yes. And, like, and I a, enjoy hanging out with them. Again, I, I'm not saying that it's the members. I, I mean, we said it already. Listen, I, I find the structure of the LDS church very cult-like, and I have really little i have very little blame on a lot of the members because i understand the way that you're inducted into this Mm -hmm. um i'm a person who's very fascinated by cults so i've done a lot of research on them and i understand how they work so my issues really lie way way more with the like high up structures especially when it starts bleeding into like corporations and like legislation that controls the state that i live in yeah, and I mean, I think that's the part to, like, be mad about, yeah. you know? Like, like, when, you know, we were supposed to have medical, well, we do have medical marijuana now, um, or no, it was recreational. When we were supposed to have recreational marijuana here and the bill passed, but then somehow the legislation was able to, say, turn it around and uh, not actually pass that. Psych. <laughs> yeah, that's not cool with me. All right. Understandable. <laughs> Cool stuff. Before we tange for like another hour, <laughs> oh, uh, we'll I knew it was wrap gonna be a long up. one. Yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of feelings. No, it's okay. It. I am here to listen. <laughs> but yeah, so this was the Remarks podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, be sure to follow our Instagram, which is at Remarks Podcast. R E M A R X Podcast. Um, like our shit and comment on our shit and tell us what you think. Um and uh from you. Yeah. Um follow or subscribe is the right word to my YouTube channel. It's called The Lefty Agenda. Again, kind of similar content that is on here, but in more like I have a scripted video essay form, less conversational, I mm-hmm, suppose. Mm-hmm. Um and it's good shit. And then yeah, just be sure to follow us on Spotify. We're also available on Pocket Casts and Google Podcasts. So if that is an avenue that you want to listen on, do that. And support us and stuff. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Oh, do you want to mention 
advertisements? Oh, yeah. So um, (laughs) (laughs) we are probably going to apply ads to this episode. Yes, this is the episode. I think the first one we're going to try to get ads on. Great. Um, As anti-capitalists, we understand like the nuances of that. But here's the thing. If we can take money from corporations by simply sitting on our asses and talking shit on them, then let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love I would love so much to get an Amazon ad oh. after talking mad shit on Amazon. <laughs> the poetic irony would Yeah, that's my dream, honestly. Do me so much good. And then to to take Amazon's money for that yeah. too. Ooh. Yeah. And so then good cut from the ad and we're like anyway (laughs) fuck amazon fuck amazon so yeah just so you know there's uh, i guess maybe a conflict of interest but not really because we're basically taking money from a corporation for not really doing a lot and you as the listener get to still get it for free of course exactly yeah it's provided 100 percent for free to you i'm not gonna say you should skip through the advertisement but the option is there. There is a skip ahead 15 <laughs> seconds button. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I think that's everything. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Signing Thanks for listening. Off.